podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. In today's show, we cover the five biggest news stories from the world of Formula One, which this week are Benotto out, Vasseur in, Schumacher out, Hulkenberg in, in fighting at Red Bull, so long farewell, Alvidesain Vettel, and F2 finally returns for the final round. Goodman, and you're listening to the fantastic Cut to the Race podcast. Hello, my name is Ron Mylander, and you're listening to the Formula Birds podcast. Hi, I'm Rosanna Tennant, and you are listening to the incredible Cut to the Race podcast. Hi, I'm Jordan King, and you're listening to the Formula Nerds podcast. Hi, I'm Crofty. You're listening to the Cut to the Race podcast. It's lights out, and away we go! Welcome to News from the Nerds, the midweek news show brought to you by the Formula Nerds. Every Wednesday we update you on everything you need to know from the world of Formula One. We are the Formula Nerds news team. Make sure you keep up to date with all the latest news by visiting our website at formulanerds.com. I'm James and well, it hasn't been long since we were reviewing the Sao Paulo Grand Prix, but I am joined by Sam. How have your last 48 hours or so been? Yeah, they've been been pretty good, thank you. Other than the fact that I as you were introducing the show, uh, managed to pour water all over myself um, from my water bottle. So I'm quite damp here. Um, but other than that, I'm, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Perfect. Not damp. Uh, so better than you, I guess. Uh, Abby, how about you? Uh, any any disasters during the intro? Uh, no disasters here. I'm very well, thank you. I'm glad to hear it. And we have our resident Formula E editor, Catherine, back. Catherine, how's it going? Pretty good, thanks. Hope you're well too. I am. I am good. Uh, so let's crack on. And well, it's not Formula E this time, but something else that Catherine's passionate about to get us underway this week, and that is Ferrari, Catherine. Well, if there isn't a mess on the track, there is one off of it for sure. So after a season in which Ferrari were considered serious contenders at the beginning, there are many rumours circulating about Mattia Benotto leaving. One of Italy's main sports newspapers, Gazzetta dello Sport, reported that Sober's Frederick Vasseur is set to replace Benotto as team principal at the beginning of next year. Now, Ferrari issued a statement on Twitter about this, saying in relation to speculation in certain media regarding Scuderia Ferrari team principal Mattia Benotto's position, Ferrari states that these rumours are totally without foundation. Meanwhile, Sober have refused to comment. Now, Leo Torini, who is very close to Scuderia Ferrari, was asked whether John Elkin, the Ferrari chairman, should replace Mattia Benotto. Now, his answer was that change is not a guarantee of victory. He also pointed out how Ferrari went through many changes and they still failed to win a title. So he finalized that there are many problems of reliability and engines this year. And since the car is finalized for next year, those may have been tackled already. And what the new team principal can do is maybe lead better and make improvements. Adding to that, he also said that Haas technical director Simone Resta, who worked also with the Scuderia from 2001 to 2017, might also return. And in my opinion, I think it is time for Benotto to go. I have been saying this for a really long time now. And, you know, as Arsenal fans used to say, when in doubt, Benotto out. And I'm going to stand by it. I mean, yeah, surely it makes sense to to bring you new and fresh blood in. 
it seems quite perplexing that you would kind of toe the line of, yeah, but we failed with other people, so we're just going to stick with the current failure that we have within the team. And I'm not saying that that is solely Bonotto, but when things aren't working, you change things at the top, uh, first of all. So, yeah, a new fresh face, I think, is needed. Also, for me, Rester is a, a no-brainer. He was there at the height of Ferrari's powers in the early 2000s. He also knows Leclerc and Vasseur. So, yeah, it's surely they're going to make that change. Yeah, I mean, I, I was saying this, in fact, I was saying it before the news broke uh, when we were reviewing the race. I think just organically came up. Fewer Italians in charge of Ferrari, I think, is probably the way forward. And Vasseur is, is French. And, you know, the last time they had a, a French man at the top, it went pretty well. So it'll be interesting if that does happen. Uh, I feel sorry for Bonotto. He's been there a long time and I think he has a lot to offer. But I just don't think he's a team principal, personally. We've said it before. He's a very, very good number two. But, yeah, maybe someone else needs to to lead the line. Yeah, and I think the with Ferrari, they've had... It seems like they haven't had that much strong leadership throughout this season. They started off so well, and then, like, with Abu Dhabi next week, the final race, their title hopes ended long ago, and they've had nine DNFs across both drivers. So there is a need for change, and hopefully... If Bonotto does go and Vasseur comes in and they do change maybe more personnel within the Scuderia, hopefully 2023 will be their season and they can actually make some improvements and actually go on an upward trajectory, which would be really good. So hopefully it will be that way that happens. At the same time, I was thinking like Vasseur, he is a great team principal. And what I like about him, he isn't my favorite, but what I like about him is that he really knows how to sort of relate to younger drivers. He really helps them throughout their career. And like how he even told Porsche, like, you're not ready for Formula One. And he doesn't want him to get into the sport and fail. And then, you know, maybe what happened to Michael to Mick Schumacher can happen to him. So I like that about him but at the same time it's just it is I'm still a bit uncertain on whether as a Ferrari fan I would want him to be you know um the leader of the team and then I was thinking maybe Simone Resta might be up for it so because he's been at Ferrari for a longer time he knows the insides maybe he knows some of the team even better too so I, I think I would maybe would like to have Resta over Vasser. No, for me, you need a, a tried and tested team principal. It's it's as simple as that. You need someone who can slot in day one and do the job. I think it'd be interesting to see how Vasso would get on because he's quite he's a little bit kind of the class clown at times. Like in the paddock, he kind of he mucks about. You see him kind of joking on on the coverage. Like that doesn't really kind of fit with how Ferrari have been. Uh, as an outfit and particularly how their team principles have been. You've, you know, had really fiery ones like uh, Arriva Benny and fairly serious ones, but I don't know, maybe it would be what they need. Maybe, you know, a, a breath of fresh air could do them good. But yeah, on to a former Ferrari Academy driver who looks set to become a former Haas driver, Sam. Yes, indeed. As we know, the decision at Haas has been made. So for months now, it's been rumbling on which German will partner Kevin Magnussen in the team, in the driver's lineup for 2023. 
It's been rumoured the last few weeks that it is in fact going to be Hulkenberg and that is looking ever more likely with an announcement due in the coming days. So it may well even be that by the time that this show airs, Hulkenberg has been announced. Guys, we've talked about this a lot. Do you think that this is the right decision between the two of them? Let's let's forget Jovanazzi or any other candidates at this stage. Schumacher or Hulkenberg, who are you picking? I mean, of course, if you're looking from a financial sort of side, you would go with Hulkenberg because he has experience and maybe he he tends to maybe crash less. So he won't cost you as much as Schumacher did because Schumacher, realistically, at the, at the beginning of the season, he had already cost us more than he had caused them last year. He's the driver that caused the most damage out of 20. And the fact that last year he caused more damage then Mazepin, that, that, that's a, a bit of a red flag in my opinion. So at the same time, it is sad to see him leave. But if we are just comparing the two, not bringing another driver in, I guess, you know, Huss needs to look maybe at a season where they are safe. They have Magnussen and Hulkenberg, they're reliable. And maybe then they can look at some other rookies in the future. Maybe just have this as a short term plan. If Haas want results, like straight away next year, if they want the experience, having Hulk partner with Magnussen is the best option. For Schumacher, I think Ollie said it on the race review, you need to put the surname aside and just look at him as himself, not take into account what his father obviously did in his legacy. At the same time, Schumacher, I feel like, does have a lot of potential, but he obviously, to unlock it, he will need the time in the car. However, I can't see him getting the time in the car. So I think Hulkenberg would be the best choice for Haas. Staying on the Schumacher name, though, I do just quickly want to give an honourable mention to Ralph Schumacher, because that man has done everything humanly possible to keep Mick in the sport for next season. First, he was you know, very much courting that Alpine seat for him publicly. Then he started you know, trying to take down Hulkenberg and discredit his uh, viability for the drive. And now he's uh, gunning for Gunter Steiner. So, you know, fair play to him. He's throwing everything but the kitchen sink at it at this stage. Uh, but I think, it, yeah, it's probably too little too late. And uh, I I think Hulkenberg fits the bill better for what they're after. Mick generally throughout his career has taken a bit of time to get used to his surroundings it seems like he he grew into f2 i remember he he didn't start it particularly impressively and then he eventually got there he does True. it looked it looked like he was getting there this year again you know obviously he was the benchmark last year was basically unknown and seemingly not great and so came coming in and then it looked like it didn't look good for him in the first half when magnuson was immediately quicker but it looked like he was getting there but it's just kind of faded away again at the most crucial time I think and well there are rumours now connecting him to the Mercedes reserve role and that could be really good for him maybe he could learn a lot there and get, you know follow the Albon path and maybe get another shot somewhere in, in 2024 or 25 Yeah well Toto has said that he Mick has the potential to sit in a top car so I think if he did go to Mercedes as a reserve driver that would be really good he can take a year or two out learn from Lewis learn from George learn from the whole team and hopefully in the future come back and have a seat in F1 and be a more confident driver and just learn so much in his time off that he will come back and improve 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's the case now for Mick that he needs to keep his career going through two, maybe even three years out of a race seat, which is an incredibly difficult thing to do. Nico Hülkenberg is actually the case study for doing that, clearly. So there is precedent there. It's how effective he can do that from a reserve seat. Will he drive in other series uh, to supplement that? He certainly can. I, I personally don't think he will be able to hold on till say, 2026 when Audi entered the sport as a constructor themselves. But, you know, that's years off. It all remains to be seen. So if you watch the Sao Paulo Grand Prix or listen to our race review, you will know what about the tensions and the conflicts within Red Bull at the moment regarding Max Verstappen refusing team orders to let Sergio Perez pass him in the final stages of the race. Now, obviously, we all heard Max's radio saying, I told you my reasons, I stand by them, I'm not going to let Checo pass. And Checo saying... It's honestly quite disappointing after everything that he's done for Max and it it shows who Max is. Now, that is the major fallout. But now Jensen Button has weighed in on the situation. He has said that it's Red Bull have put themselves in this situation themselves. It feels like they haven't really spoken about Max's reasons before as a team. Kind of a surprise to them. And it's really the team's own fault for what's happening. But Max has now said that he will help Checo, despite his very determined and confident stance of, I'm racing for myself. So there's two things here. One, do you agree with Button that Red Bull put themselves in this situation with the conflict now between their two drivers? And two, despite Max saying he will help Checo, do you think it's too late and that the damage is already done? Do you think there's any chance that we'll see them reconcile in any way at all in the final race and next year as teammates? Well, I mean, yeah, I think Red Bull certainly put themselves in that position as a whole. Uh, I won't elaborate too much on what I think because uh, <laughs> I made my point fairly clear, I think, in the race review show. Uh, I'll be interested to hear Catherine's uh, point as a, I don't know, more of a Verstappen fan than uh, some of us. Well, I guess you know what? Red Bull was always a Max Verstappen team. We always knew it. And I think that Paris knew it too. But I would side with Paris on this one. Like, I lost a bit of respect for Verstappen after that happened because the man helped him win a championship. And it's sort of, okay, there was that incident in Monaco. But, you know, crashing your car just to sabotage your driver, your teammate. It's just, no, it might have been true. It might have been not. I'm not the one to say, but I guess that, in my opinion, Max was a bit out of line to just cost him points like that. I mean, the man is already second to you. The man's job is to help you win a championship. At least let him get second place, you know, because now he's going into Abu Dhabi. And well, in Brazil, we saw Ferrari that surprisingly they didn't make a mistake, sort of. So, you know, what if that repeats itself in um, in Abu Dhabi and then Leclerc actually finish, finishes in a decent position, then the man just lost second place like that. And I think it's a bit unfair. I really do not agree with what Max did. In regards with what Button said... I think it was always, as I said, the situation at Red Bull that Max is the priority. And ever since Monaco happened and then Jos Verstappen also spoke about it, I think it's Red Bull were like, okay, 
we need to actually focus on Max. Just forget Sergio. And we never really heard Sergio complain as much about it. He just did his job. So, no, this time I'm not a Max Verstappen fan. I'm I'm backing Sergio. Yeah, button spot on. This is ultimately a mess of Red Bull's own making. And the the way that the team is set up has allowed has emboldened Verstappen to conduct himself in this way. And but the, the roots of this actually go back a decade to the Vettel era. You know, this is now transcending periods for the team. There's very much a as long as one of them is dominant, winning at the top of their game, we will t- turn a blind eye to, eye to this. And it's very, very difficult for a team to kind of recreate itself when that kind of thing sets in. Ferrari have attempt, are attempting to do that now with the kind of parity that they're opting for between Sainz and Leclerc. But for years, for decades, Ferrari was seen as a clear cut one, you know, first driver, second driver team. So yeah, the, the, the roots of it are there. Obviously, from for Stappen's point of view, over the weekend, it was a PR nightmare, absolute disaster for his camp. One thing that did come to me after the the race review when we recorded is that he was actually he wasn't think, obviously not thinking this in the car when you're going that speed and everything else is going on. You're not kind of strategizing, you know, your relationship with your teammate, but. In the the post race interviews, he said, "Look, I will help. I'll help Perez next week if needed. Of course, I will. Um, I've yeah. You know, I kind of this was I. I got him back basically uh, for whatever has has happened. But now we're kind of you know all this said and done. But the brilliance of that is is that now Checo is on even points with Leclerc. There won't be a same scenario next week because yes, he might." help him on alternate strategies early in the race or or let him through through early in the race but ultimately you can't have that dash to the line are you going to give up the place now or not situation because either Leclerc is ahead or he's behind Perez so yeah clever in that perspective yeah it's, it's a weird one it, like him saying that he's got his own back kind of yeah like forgets the fact that he how many he should owe Checo effectively he's decided he's one down despite the fact that Checo I mean he, he probably owes him about five or six over the course of the last two years but yeah uh, Sam you kind of stole my segue but we will move on to another driver who caused a stir by defying team orders and that is Sebastian Vettel so sadly Abu Dhabi will mark the end of the four-time champion's remarkable F1 career or not if you believe Bridge and you think he's going to come back but there are some nice special touches planned for the weekend it would appear there's a rumoured tribute livery by Aston Martin and of course his special helmet design carrying fan photos as I mentioned last week he's had quite the career arc something of a villain in those Red Bull days particularly around the multi-21 time but now pretty much universally loved throughout the paddock and by the fans so what have all your opinions been on Seb over the years let's just have a, a quick chat about Seb I'm going to be well vanilla on this and not one to rock the boat. Um, my view of Seb has pretty much followed that very career arc that you mentioned. Um, really wasn't wasn't a fan of, of the dominance of Red Bull uh, over those four consecutive championships. Um, Baku 2017 still plays in my mind a bit, but he has come to be universally loved. I think what he has done outside of the sport has created a new and beautiful legacy for him, which he can now continue into retirement, um, or at least for the next few years before he inevitably does a, a louder 
um, or a, a Schumacher and then comes back. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, I've grown to love him like most. So I didn't um, watch F1 during the time when he was winning the championships. I knew who he was because I always liked sports. So I always followed everything. But then I got to know him more, obviously, when I started watching regularly and he drove for Ferrari. So even more. And I always liked him. Of course, I didn't have, I didn't witness the time when he was winning year after year. So I couldn't see him as that sort of villain. And well, as what Bridge said, that, you know, drivers will come out of retirement. In my opinion, I really cannot take any retirement from athletes. Well, not that I cannot take it seriously. It's just there is a trend right now that every single athlete that says, I'm going, I'm going off, you know, bye bye. They just come back. So it's making it's making it way too difficult for me. I think they need to like sign a paper, a contract or something for me to believe it. I'm much like Catherine. I didn't watch F1 regularly enough when Seb was dominating, but his character arc is amazing and everything he's done, especially in the last two years, like Sam and James mentioned, doing everything outside of the sport with environment and equality and that it's, it's wonderful to see and he will be very, very missed and he will always be one of those names that everyone knows about and everyone can just say off the tip of their tongue when F1 is mentioned. He has left a legacy in F1 and it's been great to see him transform from his Red Bull days into this wonderful human being who just is universally loved and everything. It's really nice. Yeah, and uh, you know, cr- credit where credit is due. Hats off to the Aston Martin PR department. Matt Bishop has done a fantastic job with some of the opportunities and the platforms that he's afforded Sebastian over the last few years. And I look forward to seeing what he potentially can do with Fernando Alonso over the next couple of seasons as well. Yeah, that, that will be interesting. That's almost what I'm looking forward to the most next year. As well as the final race in Seb's journeyed and storied career, um, Abu Dhabi will be the final round of the Formula 2 Championship. As we know, the driver's title is decided. Uh, Felipe Drogovic, obviously now of Aston Martin himself, uh, has wrapped that up. The big talking point, though, is still the team's championship. So Felipe's MP Motorsport come in level points with ART of Teo Porcher and Frederick Vesti. This is a really interesting battle because they've kind of ended up level on points. They've very divergent ways of getting to that converged point. ART's points are much more evenly distributed amongst their two drivers. MP have relied more heavily on Drogovic. So how those four drivers, including Clement Novelak, perform and tackle that, I think will be an intriguing story over the weekend. Also, a big talking point for F1 fans will be whether or not Logan Sargent will get his super license points. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll go to that in a second. But also Zane Maloney, uh, who won three feature races back-to-back in F3 over the season-ending triple header, um, is stepping up with Trident, um, potentially his last race with Trident. Uh, so it'll be fascinating to see how he performs as well. He is so far the only confirmed driver to be stepping up for that weekend. Um, so, guys, on those three topics, what are you feeling? What are your predictions? MP or ART? It will certainly be an interesting battle between the two teams. I think, like you said, for MP, they will have need to heavily rely on Clement to help Felipe get the points. 
because obviously ART, you have Theo and you have Frederick and they've been more consistent, the two of them together across the whole season. But it will definitely be interesting to see that with Zayn. He has performed amazingly in F3 this season. So I'm really looking forward to see how he performs on a track that is new to him and in a car that's new to him as well. And hopefully seeing whether he'll maybe move up to Formula 2 for 2023 at all. And Sargent, obviously he's had quite a bad run recently. He has only finished one race across the last five rounds, either the sprint or the feature. He's had five DNFs. So obviously this weekend is very key for him to get the super license points. Like Sam said, I think he needs to finish sixth or higher in the championship. So there will be a lot of pressure on him to get those points. So hopefully he can perform. I think having done FP1 in Austin and Mexico and FP2 just recently in Brazil, that will help him and he hasn't had that much of a break in terms of other drivers. He's been in the car constantly training um, with Williams as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing, hopefully, his success this weekend. Is he also potentially doing free practice in Abu Dhabi to get an extra point? Because I know, I know that if he has a clean weekend, because he hasn't actually picked up any penalty points this season. So he'll get two points if he keeps his nose clean over the weekend as well. So I think potentially he could find himself in a situation where seventh in the championship is good enough. So it the odds are heavily stacked in his favour, but you just never know. Someone could take you out in turn one in the feature race and you're done. So, yeah. Well, we're running out of time, but to quickly answer your questions, I think Sargent will do enough. I think Maloney will have a solid race and I'm going to say ART to take the team's championship. But yes. I mean, you do live in France, so. Exactly. Uh, this an allegiance that I, I don't really have a say in. But yeah, on that bombshell, I think we'll call it a day. Thank you very much for listening. Be sure to head over to FormulaNerds.com and all the Formula Nerds socials to find out the latest on these and any other stories, as well as anything else a motorsport nerd could want. And then go and check out the Cut to the Race podcast, where last weekend we reviewed the epic Sao Paulo Grand Prix. And next up is, of course, the final race review of the year but we'll be sure to go out in style. Don't you worry. Sam, Abby, Catherine, thanks for joining me. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Uh, yeah, I was trying to find a different um, way to say <laughs> yeah. bye, but it was really great to to, um, to be on the podcast today. Really enjoyed talking to you guys. I mean, I, yeah, I know um, how James <laughs> feels about the, uh, the usual, so I decided to divert from that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to... Uh, to mix it up a bit I think uh, although Catherine yeah, may be a bit lost without your usual catchphrase <laughs> to finish on but yeah I'll finish on a catchphrase then and it's lights out mics off and away we go till next week you're listening to the Cut to the Race podcast it's lights out and away we go Sports Social Podcast Network <laughs>